Hello and welcome to Southeastern 14. I'm Chris Lee, joined by Max Bohr and Blake Lovell. We are going to be recapping three basketball games from Tuesday night in the SEC. And, and my goodness, all of them went down to the final one or two seconds. Much better ball than we thought we were going to get. We'll talk about all those. That's Kentucky's win over Mississippi State at the hump. LSU's survival against a Georgia team that made a furious comeback at the end, and then Vanderbilt's surprisingly interesting win at Arkansas. We'll get into all three. Before we do, a reminder, Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with live in-game betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today. Become part of the team. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, the game starts here. Well, things started in Starkville. And my goodness, that was a performance for the ages from Reed Shepard. Kentucky goes in. Shepard hits a what was described by the AP as a layup. Um, I've never seen a 15-foot layup in he, my life. I, I would call it more the of a shot floater. That we all used to take when you yes. were out there on a basketball court and you're just, you know, everybody's taking shots, everybody's got a ball. And all right, guys, time to come in. All right, we'll come on inside. The last shot you take is that one, the one that he took, is the one where, all right, got to let, got to leave the ball here in the gym. Let's just do this little runner. I'm at the three-point line. I'm just going to do a quick runner, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off and listen to the PE teacher here. We got to get out of here, right? That was the Reed Shepard shot. That's what that was. We, we've all my, taken that shot before. My son takes it every morning. We're shooting hoops in the driveway waiting for the bus, and, and he launches one from about there. It's the same thing. Blake has nailed it. Just a runner, a running layup from the free throw line. We've all been there, except we're all not Reed Shepard. So I don't know if we 30. can say the same for the shots that Josh Hubbard was making, though. I don't know if we've all been there. No. no. Certainly I haven't. Yeah, I don't well, think so. I don't think any of I think any of the three here have, have been there. Um I was a three point specialist in my day, but I wasn't taking step back twenty five footers uh and knocking them down. Well, to recap, Kentucky wins at 91-89. Shepard hits that one that just beats the buzzer. Uh, Mississippi State did get a second chance, but it was half a second. I don't even know if you get off a shot in that case, and, and they weren't anyway because guess what? Reed Shepard, I think, intercepted it. Um, Reed Shepard, 35 minutes, 32 points, seven assists, two steals, two blocks, two turnovers, five rebounds. Um, Hit all six of his foul shots, four or seven from three, and missed only one two-point shot. Reeves was Reeves again, and we mentioned Josh Hubbard and Tolu Smith. State didn't get much scoring outside of those two. But a huge win for Kentucky. Um, Blake, Blake, I'll just I'll start with you. We, we've unpacked some of it already, but what did you take away from this one? And I, I do want to get into the discussion of bench and playing time later. Well, Max and I, as always, we have a strategy when these things, you know, <laughs> the only person here that was not buying in on the cats was the person in the middle. Whoa, of the hang and on. We got him 
to buy in on the cats in this game. And Chris, <laughs> sometimes you just got to make the buy. No refunds available. And you've bought in now. You're on the train with Max and I. I know Kentucky fans, me and Max picked against them in this game. I'm aware. But, again, that's a good thing usually for your team when we do mm -hmm. that, especially when it's Max and I picking against the team. Yes. That's usually – like that's the secondary Southeastern 14 kiss of death right there. So, I mean, look, this was – if you had a lot of – this this was a weird game because I was texting you guys. I remember thirteen twenty five left in the second half. Mississippi State's up twelve. I said, "Uh oh!" I said, "Mississippi State's starting to take some step back threes here." Like Kentucky's about to win this by five. I think is what I said. Wind up yep. being two. I was close, but it really wasn't. It even wind up being the problem for Mississippi State because the step back threes were actually the only thing that were going in um, towards the end of the game, and it was pretty much anyone other than Josh Hubbard taking a shot was was an issue at times for Mississippi State, but. I mean, this was, for starters, I think this is going to, you're going to look back on this if you're a Mississippi State fan and realize this is a huge missed opportunity because I thought it wasn't even just the shot selection, maybe. It was the, why are they going so fast when they were up, yeah. what was it, 10, 12, whatever. I just, I felt like they were playing Kentucky's game. And I feel like in a scenario like that, if you're Mississippi State, I think you've got to play your game. And I thought they were just kind of playing into the way Kentucky wanted them to play. It's like, again, you're in no hurry, right? You're up whatever. Um, and look, this all runs together. They said last that game slate was so wild that I can't remember every single sequence of every game. But I just felt like there was a point there where I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, boy, why is Mississippi State taking early shots, right? Like, why are they taking these shots or why are they trying to essentially – it feels like they're down five versus up ten. And – so I don't know. There was just that one stretch. But that's the difference when you play Kentucky and they play as well as they did for a decent portion of this game, right? It's like when you're playing Kentucky, there is very little room for error. When you have Reed Shepard playing the way that he's playing, when they go on the run that you knew they were going to go on, you, just, you knew it was going to happen. I mean, that was the thing. It's like you never felt like, okay, Mississippi State's about to win this by 20. As long as they just let Kentucky hang around and hang around hang around, you know, that was – I think what you were going to get, you're going to put yourself in a position where somebody's got to make a shot at the end. And it did feel like towards the end there, Hubbard's making all these wild shots. Like, okay, this comes down to a situation where whoever gets the ball last may win this game. But I also look at this and I didn't even realize this stat until after the game. I don't know if we brought it up for Mississippi state going into this, um, but I can't remember exactly, but Kentucky shoots 23 of 30 from two in this game against Mississippi state a team that is, you know, was one of the top defensive teams in the country, although they defend it better from three than they do two percentage-wise. That is just ridiculous to, to see that number. Um, and so, I don't know. There, there's a lot we'll get into, I'm sure, with this game, but those were just kind of the, the initial things I thought that stood out. Um, yeah, I mean, this was just a – it was a wild game, and Kentucky almost let it slip away, but saved by the runner from Reed Shepard. Me and my roommates, we all had slight wagers on this game. The amount of Mike Breen, the old NBA commentator, the amount of Mike Breen bangs Bang. that were just screamed from this apartment last night. Could have gotten the cops called for how for how loud we were. This game was unbelievable, first off. Um, Josh Hubbard, I know this is going to be, we're going to probably talk about Kentucky a little bit more than we're going to talk about Mississippi State, but Josh Hubbard, 
Oh my gosh. I know Reeves was, or Reed Shepard and Reeves too. They were phenomenal. But Josh Hubbard, just the individual performance that he put on, unreal. And now it's back-to-back. That's back-to-back 30-point games for, for Hubbard. If he stays, I know that if there's any players that are going to be getting a little bit of transfer offers here, Hubbard's going to be one of them. But if, if he stays at Mississippi State, oh my gosh, do they have a star. Um, shooting 11 of 25 from three. If we were talking in the preview, guys, and we were saying, hey, just letting you know, Mississippi State's going to shoot 11. They're going to make 11 threes and shoot over 40% from three. I would be like, oh boy, oh no. You know, in terms of a, from a Kentucky pr- perspective, but it just it still wasn't enough. Um, and the, the the main thing that I'm looking at here for Kentucky that probably a lot of people aren't going to really talk about is DJ Wagner being back and just how much he does for this team. Cal was talking about it in his post game um, that this was probably DJ's best game back since the injury. And uh, you know, Cal went on to emphasize. DJ was shooting 40% from three before the injury. Comes back, hasn't played basketball in a while. He's out of rhythm, not shooting well. I think we're going to see the the DJ Wagner of, of the earlier SEC conference play. So just what a game. I mean, I could go down every player and talk about how much I liked what they did and whatnot, but this was just an incredible game. And if there's a game that Mississippi State, Blake, I know you said, man, this is one that got away from Mississippi State, but. When we're looking for types of teams to make a run in March and and maybe people that might be going under the radar, Cal said, he said, this is a Sweet 16 team. So this is not a team you see in the first round or the second time. This is a Mississippi State team that you're going to see in the third round of March Madness. And I was just like, wow, that's that's quite the uh, that's quite the praise right there. So what a game. Can I ask a quick question, Chris? Sure. Based off what Max just said. I agree with with that to an extent, but here's the one thing I was thinking about as I'm watching this game, and hmm. it's not just this game, all right? It's not just this game. It's just because, again, they and they felt like they should have won the game. They didn't, but the only thing that kept coming up in my mind as I'm watching this game is Josh Hubbard's not going to go for 34 every night. Yeah. And outside of two guys, I don't know that I trust anybody offensively consistently. And... That would be the only thing I would point out with Mississippi State is that's what I'm curious. And we, I mean, it's not just Mississippi State. We say this about any teams. Matchup, the matchup you get in the bracket is everything because it's right. all about styles and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But that's the only thing that worries me about them is they do turn it over a little bit, and I don't know that and, – and the free throw thing too, right? It's like – I mean, what, Tilly Smith missed a one-and-one one late in the game somewhere in there, but it ultimately didn't matter because he wound up hitting two, I think after that but it's like the free throw thing and just offensively it does worry me a little bit outside of two guys but I suppose we could also say that about a couple other guys too and that's where like a game like this they still score 89 points but again it comes off of a just absolutely ridiculous performance from Josh Hubbard and so I'm just let's just see how that plays out right because they go to Auburn and Texas A&M next two games where theoretically they could struggle scoring the ball but if they put up 80 in those two games all right well then forget everything i said here but maybe they are maybe those two are good enough to win them games by themselves but um that's all i'm just i'm curious about that aspect of it but i mean cam matthews can score we've seen that and you know more has had some good games but i just putting it all together maybe is i'm still a little 
hesitant with just maybe two guys leading the way. So I think that's fair. I've got one thing on Mississippi State, and you guys both touched, well, not around the edges of it, really more towards the middle of it. I wanted to, to tie that all together before I, I give you some things on Kentucky that I wanted us to unpack. I said, I believe, I don't remember which preview, I, I said I thought Mississippi State's ceiling was a Sweet 16 team. I, I think that John Calipari was trying to be nice, and I think they're a good team. Right now they're probably an eight. I think they're an eight in bracket matrix this morning. That's where I would have them. I was doing a little bit of bracketology, which we will unveil on Thursday morning as I continue to work on that. I think that's the ceiling. I think they're going to be in that eight-nine game. It's going to depend on matchups. And, look, I, I've missed a lot of stuff on picks lately. And I guess this is maybe the the blind squirrel finds the nut thing here. But I did say I'd looked at at State's matchups against this kind of team, and State had been losing this game all season. I feel like a team that can just score you to death, and I think Blake made a good point, even with Josh Hubbard going off at a close to the ceiling or at the ceiling performance for him from their best guy, State still couldn't win this game, and it was at home. So I think that, to me, we just saw the limits – of, of Mississippi State. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that because it's a lot what you guys just said or you just want to move on to Kentucky from here. No, I think that's fair. I, I just, again, I don't want to knock a team to score 89 points, but I yeah. also want to point out that I don't think Kentucky is, you know, defensively, Kentucky struggles at times that they've gotten better. We would all, I think, agree with that, but they're, they're still going to have their issues. And so, um, I mean, I guess though, then again, if you're Mississippi State, it's like, all right, You've had back-to-back games now where you've shot the three really well. That's encouraging. I mean, 10-21 against LSU, 11-25 against Kentucky. If they can keep that going, then it, it will alleviate some of those issues. But, again, some of those threes that they made last night were just just ridiculous. And so, um, I don't know. I mean, we have to find reasons to, you know, we have to find things for each team. We, we've done it all season, and I just think that's one with them. The free throw – percentage we've talked about it didn't come back to hurt them necessarily in this game um but i still i'm still curious about that i mean on the flip side though you can say the same thing about kentucky where it's like i mean reed shepherd just went for 32 and had an absolutely ridiculous game and kentucky had to have that to beat mississippi state on the road so i don't want to go too far in the direction of just knocking mississippi state i'm not trying to i'm just saying that was one thing that stood out to me but i don't know that that's changed all season long like we've known those are the two guys offensively that you're going to get that out of it's just these are the kind of games where yeah i mean but but maybe this was just kind of one of those games where you just get a great college basketball game and the other team just happened to make one more play and happened to get the ball last and that's what it came down to so chris i think you nailed it i think you nailed it with when you said mississippi state has lost this type of game all season just real quick looking back through mississippi state's past few losses They've been to all teams that are like these offensive-minded, kind of that group of teams yeah. we've been packing together, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Kentucky, Alabama, an Ole Miss game on the road. What they give up in those games, 91, 99, 86, 79, 90, 82. It's just we, that's the kind of matchup that has been giving Mississippi State trouble all year, and, and it continues here. All right, gentlemen, this is why – I th- I think Kentucky is going to make or break brackets. God knows it's done it to me before in that well-documented episode. <laughs> Go ahead and but, put them in the national championship, Chris. You got I right know, and, and, and then that'll that'll just that'll mean they lose in the first round. But here's here's something. This is amazing. I mean, this is 
not not just to do this to anybody is amazing, but to do it to Mississippi State in its building. 1248 left. Tulo Smith hits a layup. Mississippi State leads 56 to 45. That means Kentucky scored 46 points in the final 12 minutes and 42 seconds, starting when, who else? Reed Shepard hit a layup. That is incredible. I'm speechless at that stat. I knew it. I knew it was something crazy, but that is unreal. And, and that's that's why they are so hard to figure. You just never know when the dam is going to burst, and there's nothing you can do about it. You also never know when they're not going to show up, and they lose at home to Gonzaga. They they get beat at LSU. I mean, the 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 range of outcomes with Kentucky. I mean, this is the thing that lost to what UNC Asheville. Well, I know it's been a long time. Well, Wilmington, one of the UNCs, I get them all mixed up. But point is, the, the range of outcomes with – and Kentucky is hardly the only team guilty of this. But we have seen this team can't defend anybody at, at times and lose games you never dreamed it would lose. We have seen this team go on scoring runs like that where nobody's beating them. And it's just fascinating to sit back and watch. Listen, all you got to do is outscore the other team. Doesn't matter how you get there. All you got to do is outscore the other team. And that's why I know people pick me apart for talking to being so high on Alabama and Kentucky this year at times the way I have been. And I get it. But sometimes the basketball is just about scoring. I mean, you just got to find a way to score points. And I mean, those two teams are as good as anybody in doing it. And they're not, they're going to have some games where they really struggle defensively, they have some issues. Um, but man, when the, when those two teams specifically get going, I, there's just not many teams that can stop them. And so I think that's just, again, we, we keep coming back to Kentucky. I don't know if you got, I just realized the stat. I mean, we talk, we're going to talk about Reed Shepard, of course, but like he was phenomenal. Antonio Reeves has scored 14 or more points in 26 of 28 games for this season for Kentucky. 14 or more. He has 21 last night. And it's like, nah, Antonio Reeves just had, a, just he's at 21. No big deal. It's Antonio Reeves. Of course he got 21, right? He scored what twenty? Yeah, twenty one or more in four straight games now. Um, I mean, that's just—it's ridiculous to see what he's doing too. I mean, that's why everybody's bringing up SEC Player of the Year race and all that. Sure. I mean, how can the guy not be in the conversation? Uh, we thought maybe it was a big three, but I mean, he's got to be in there because he's just—he's rock solid. He's consistent, and you know, also hit some big shots last night that didn't even have to come from three uh, because, like we said, Kentucky just dissected Mississippi State from two. 23 of 30, 77%. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Trey Mitchell didn't play again. And, you know, you kind of saw the minutes continue. I, I think it's just, it's been interesting to watch kind of the minutes distribution for all these guys yes. while Mitchell's been out. Um, you know, Onyenso did not have his best game last night. I know Cal was frustrated at him when he fouled on the, what was it, one of those plays towards the end there. Uh, and then yeah, after the timeout yeah, called, yeah, Big Z plays 21 minutes last night. You know, Bradshaw only plays what seven, um, which I mean, Bradshaw hasn't played more than eight minutes in the last four games. And so, yeah, that was I thought that was interesting to kind of look at that and see how that played out, uh, knowing that you know, Cal was never going to take Reed Shepard off the floor, he wasn't going to take Antonio Reeves off the floor, but everybody else I thought it was curious just to see. I mean, a Duke the arrow 26 minutes. In this game, uh, you know, Edwards had the big game against Alabama, kind of just came back down to 
you know, 18 minutes, scored a couple points, but that was about it in this game. So, yeah, I mean, that's – here's the thing. We've never questioned Kentucky's talent. And that's the thing I always go back to is, like, there there have been people that want you just to write Kentucky off. How could you possibly write this team off ever until they lose their final game of the season in the NCAA tournament? There's no way because they just have too much talent. And if they put it all together, a game like this where they're down, like Chris just said, they scored 46 points in the final whatever, they can do that. I mean, they just did it to statistically is one of the best 20 defensive teams in the country. And they just did it to them on the road. So they can pretty much do it to anybody. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I just thought there was a lot a lot of positives to take away from this game. And uh, as Max said, I mean, DJ Wagner being back, anybody wants to know why I made such a big deal of him not playing in a couple of those games against Florida, against Tennessee. I mean, he's shown you why. I mean, he's really good. And it, it's not even a matter of, like, scoring. They don't need him to score a gazillion points. They just need him on the floor. <laughs> To, to distribute and do those kind of things. So, right. real quick, real quick before we move on, I just Blake, you nailed it. I was, darn it, I was gonna say it. I didn't think you were gonna say it. But how crazy is it? How impressive is it that after Kentucky's last game, the the huge win over Alabama, the huge storyline, not the huge, but the main one that we're taking away is, wow, what does this ceiling look like? How good can this team be? Is this if this is what Justin Edwards does? That was kind of like what we were taking away. You know, like, man, if this is what we get from him now, what are, what are we going to look like? And then just the matchup is a little bit more physical, and uh, Kyle has to play Thierro a little bit more down low, and it doesn't matter at all. Like, this, that's just a – blows my mind how, how talented the team is. Max, I'm going to assign you some homework. I would like you to take – just make a chart of Kentucky's roster over the last eight, ten games, SEC play, whatever, and just have all the guys out there listed in, like, minutes and points. Because it, it's like a baseball team where you got a manager that says, hey, I don't have a left fielder. i got this lefty and I've got this righty. I don't have one first baseman. I've got this guy that hits lefty and this guy that hits righty. I, I don't have a one setup guy. I've got this guy that I use against lefties and this, this guy that I use against righties because – Justin Edwards gets 28 points last night, you know, two games ago against Alabama. Last night he plays 18 minutes, gives him two points. You know, DJ Wagner uh, is, well, Dillingham is another guy. I mean, it, all over, the, Dillingham last night, 16 points. I'm sorry, 16 minutes, nine points. You know, some nights that the, the scoring is triple and the minutes are double. I mean, this. <clears throat> What they do, you know, Big Z didn't play for a week or two. It's just crazy to see the wild swings, and I think it just depends on who you're playing and what the other teams got because I, I'm starting to think it's it's more about who they're up against and what matches up better that night than it is finding a rotation of guys. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but it is, and it's it's just fascinating to watch night in, night out. I agree. Uh, I think now that we spent 23 and a half minutes on Kentucky and Mississippi State, uh, perhaps we should flip the page to, to Georgia and LSU. Not yet. Unless you guys have got um, something. Hang on. We're, we're still on this game. I'm just going to quit. We're still on the game. Because we always do this. Remaining schedules. All I'm going to say is don't count Ooh, Kentucky yeah. out just yet in the SEC title race. Ooh, it will yeah. be tough, 
but don't count them out just yet because they get Arkansas and Vanderbilt at home as their next two games. So projection-wise, they should be 12-5. and five. Then, of course, it's going to come down to the final game of the regular season at Tennessee um, on March 9th. Now, of course, for this to happen, for Kentucky to maybe grab a share of the, the league title, any of that kind of stuff, you, you, ha- you have to have Tennessee and Alabama lose two more games each which I don't think is just unthinkable because we pointed out how difficult the schedules are for those two teams and they play each other. So one of them is going to pick up a loss because they're playing each other on Saturday. So somebody's going to have four losses. Somebody may stay at three or somebody may be at four after this slate where Tennessee hosts Auburn, Alabama goes to Ole Miss. So, and remember, Tennessee's still got, you know, to go to South Carolina, they still got that game against Kentucky. And then if you look at Alabama, we mentioned their schedule. You know, they've got the Tennessee game at home, and they still got to go to Florida. So I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm certainly not saying Kentucky will outright win the SEC, but don't be surprised if maybe we go into that final game in Knoxville on March the 9th if Kentucky takes care of business these next two games to where there's something on the line in that game in Knoxville. Maybe a share of a regular season title, however you want to look at, or maybe Tennessee just takes care of business and it's not even a – debate at that point or maybe Alabama's in the same scenario but it's gotten a little more interesting now with Kentucky winning these last two that's all I'm saying all right next up LSU 67 Georgia 66 Uh, Will Baker hits two free throws with a few seconds left on the clock to to win this one I believe Georgia oh I I did it It, it's on me (laughs) I texted you guys with a few minutes left, and you saw it, and Blake called it. Uh, uh, Georgia's making a comeback. It takes the lead. I'm like, is this going to finally be the game that Georgia pulls one of these out? But no, it was not. Oh, Chris. You had to know as soon as you sent that text message in the group chat that Georgia was done for. Max and I knew it. As soon as the text came through, we said – the LSU Tigers have just become the best 15 and 13 team in America because Chris Lee just handed them a win on a silver platter. Um, yeah, I, I knew when you said that. I'm watching this. I'm like, oh, how is this game going to finish to where LSU is going to win this thing? And it was a pretty, again, wild sequence. But it's like, it's funny because we, we always talk about teams that match up against each other. Clearly, there's not two teams that match up the exact same more than Georgia and LSU because 68-66, 67-66, the two games they played this year. So these two teams just, they're like, there's a gravitational pull for these two. They just have to come together and play this kind of game. So, I mean, a big win for LSU because, look, guys, they said it. I mean, they dropped the home game against Mississippi State, which we thought they had a chance to win. But LSU, seven conference wins now. Final three games at Vanderbilt, at Arkansas, home against Missouri. Bottom three teams in the SEC. So, LSU's got something to play for. They, they could get to 10 wins in conference play. Although, wow, who the, who knows about these next two games they're going to play at Vanderbilt and Arkansas. We'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, good win for the Tigers. They find a way to bounce back. How about, how about this, too? I, I'm sure you guys know the stat. But three of their last four wins, all by a point. All by a single point. They beat South Carolina by one. They beat Kentucky by one. They beat Georgia by one. When I say there's no room for error in the SEC, zero room for error when you play LSU because this team will find a way to beat you by one or Mississippi State will go in and beat them by 20. So 
uh, yeah, I mean, this was about what you expected. These two teams have always been kind of combined at the hip in our rankings, I feel like, for most of the year. And kind of one of those matchups that you figured would go down to the wire just like the last one did. And, again, I mean, I thought I thought early, I was like, LSU's going to blow them out. But credit Georgia, they always hang around. I feel like we always say that about Georgia. But, yeah, ultimately it's just it's LSU that gets the opportunity to make the play to win it, and Will Baker does it. Yeah, so – I as much as it's a great win for LSU, man, I really feel I feel for Georgia. Um, it's just, it's been a tough it's been a tough year. Um, a lot a lot of close results, um, and this was probably I don't know the right word, but it's coming to my head. It's probably the most upset and and sorrowful kind of I've seen Mike White in a post game this year. He, a direct quote was. It's a tough environment in our locker room right now. Our guys laid it on the line and played as hard as they have all year. It, it it's just a, it's a tough scene right now in, in in Georgia, and I feel for him because this game was was I mean sixty seven sixty six. You if you didn't watch the game, you can kind of get an image of of what it looked like. It was physical as can be. Um, I thought the Georgia one three one zone did a did a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff. Um, LSU's turnovers were were killing them absolutely killing them um but the one bright side for lsu trey hannibal again eight assists to only two turnovers despite uh the team assist to turnover ratio being 12 to 16 he had eight of the team's 12 uh assists so great game from trey hannibal he's really been playing well um but then the one thing that i noticed with georgia that was that caught my eye when i was watching the game i thought it was a little bit weird was rj melendez healthy scratch Healthy scratch, R.J. Melendez, no injury there. Um, and in the post game, then Mike White said that he just wanted to get some other guys some more minutes. Said that Moncrief was practicing well, deserved some more minutes. They wanted to get Blue Kane in there a little bit more. Um, so that kind of took me by surprise because we've seen Melendez go off for what was it, thirty-one game earlier in the season and and whatnot. He can bring some good scoring to Georgia's team. So I thought that was um, I just thought that was interesting. But as tough as it is. A result to accept for Georgia, it's, you'll you'll take that if you're LSU. Well, here's another that final sequence. That's that's been called a foul or two in this league this time this year. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. Controversial calls in the SEC? No way. Hey, you should have seen the Big Twelve last night. Um, <laughs> oh, I had yeah. I had that one on while I was watching Vandy Arc. I've got nieces that go to Texas Tech, and we were trying to make a. The TV sighting and boy, that they almost had a riot in Lubbock. Just as an well, aside, speaking of controversial calls, don't, don't Alabama fans don't don't let don't let them get into to this one because they got some thoughts uh, on this particular yeah controversial. I don't know if it's a controversial call, a controversial decision perhaps. Yeah, uh, but yes, we'll talk about was, that. No, was that Thursday. was that in the second half of that game or the first half? I don't know the exact time. Doesn't matter. I mean, if it's if it was in the first half, I could understand a little bit more. If it's in the second, I've got I've got nothing there. Why could hold on, hold on, hold on? Let me stop you right there. Why, why could you understand if it was in the first half? Because you you miss most of the game. Like it already Yes, I mean you you see it with targeting in football. You get ejected in the first half, then you you come back 
you know, in the second half of, you know, or the whatever, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. Anyways, we'll talk about anyway, that one on Thursday. I'm just anyway. trying to understand. Yeah. Whenever, whenever he hits the game winning shot to beat them on, on Wednesday night, we'll talk about that on Thursday. Boy, could you imagine? Could you imagine? Um, mm, anyways, are we done with this one? I, I'm sorry. We're not going to spend a lot of time believe, on these. I believe we are. Games. Sorry, everyone. All right. the bottom. Um, I believe we applied the kiss of death to Arkansas, and it took, uh, despite Caliph Battle scoring 36 points last night, I mean, that guy's on a tear. Vanderbilt, Van Allen Lubin, plays one of the best games of his life. Ezra Magnone hit big shot after big shot, and Vanderbilt held on, did not foul up three on that final sequence and gave Arkansas a wide open look, but but left Fayetteville with the win. Vanderbilt's now won three in the league this year uh, and still going to be locked into that 12-13 game, barring something crazy. But, yeah, I don't know what else to add here. Just when you start to trust Arkansas a little bit, you can't. Well, for starters, I don't know that any of us fully trusted Arkansas just yet. I said I just, a little bit. I didn't uh, say a well, lot. I, I don't bit. even know if I trusted him. Like I don't I don't even know if I would say trust is the right word. Um you started to think maybe there was something to what they were doing. I wouldn't yeah. say trust. Um so I don't know. I mean again, it was it talked all week about now people were, you know, they were all, all all the Arkansas fans were asking the question after the Missouri game. What happens if we went out? We get to nine and nine in the league, win a couple games in the SEC tournament, we got a shot. And I'm like, nope. Um, like you got to win the SEC tournament no matter what. And now it's like, it's just like that. At least you give them hope, right? Arkansas fans, you're given a little hope, and now it's just completely gone. Because, I mean, this is just. I don't know, but it's like it was. It was for this season, twenty three, twenty four. It was the most Arkansas thing we could see in this game, like <laughs> losing a home game to Vanderbilt. And by the way, I just want to point out, I don't get many right either. But I told you Vanderbilt was going to find a way to win three or four SEC games somewhere. Like I know how bad they were early in the season, but like they're going to find a way to win some games, and they have. So they've won three now, and. I mean, they got a decent opportunity on Saturday in the, the Jordan Wright Bowl. Um, boy, the tensions will be probably high in that one um, as they host LSU. And so, yeah, I mean, they could get to four wins if they beat LSU because then I think it's going to be hard to win at Kentucky and beat Florida. But, I mean, we said if there was a reason you're going to buy into Vanderbilt this year, it was the two guards they had coming back who played really well in this game. And then it was potential breakout type play from a, a Van Allen Lubin or someone like that. And well, they kind of got the, that combination in this one. And so it was enough to, to beat the Hogs, who, I mean, I don't know. This was your, again, based on how the game played out, you know, the two teams shot 63 free throws. Um, I, I don't know what else to say about Arkansas because every time we say something about Arkansas, it changes the next game. So it's just, it's, it's been that kind of season, and the biggest question now is what will this season mean for the future of Arkansas basketball? That's that's really all we can even discuss at this point. Because, like, we can't even – we can't say, all right, Arkansas is going to play the spoiler in the SEC tournament. How? How could we possibly predict that? 
There's no chance because you just don't know what you're getting night in and night out. They win a couple games, great. Come back and lose to a team that a couple weeks ago was, you know, going absolutely nowhere. So, I don't know. Uh, Blake, Blake, if I may interject, I think you got that question about both teams. What do you mean? What's the future of either program? With mm. their oh, yeah, I know. I, I think we had already talked about that, though. I think yeah. this was more of the just when you think that maybe you're going to have a strong finish to the season and that maybe changes the dynamic of what could happen in the off season, then you come out and lose one like this. And so how, how do you give up 85 points to Vanderbilt? This is a team that had not eclipsed 80, had not hit 80 points all season. That includes a schedule that included Alabama A&M, Central Arkansas, USC Upstate, Presbyterian, Dartmouth. I mean, what in the world are you doing, Arkansas? I mean, if you think about it, we've said, why is Arkansas as, has been as poor as they've been this season? Because they don't defend. Like, that's the difference. Look at the teams that – let me look at, pull it up here. You know, Muss's best teams, 17th last year in defensive efficiency, 11th, 2022, 10th, 2021, 57th in 2020, his first year there. 135 this season. Ooh. So the teams that made runs in the NCAA tournaments, they weren't the greatest offensive teams at times. They would they frustrate you a little bit. You want a little bit more offensively in terms of maybe, you know, a little creativity or whatever. But they play defense. This team just has not played defense consistently this year. And, of course, there have been players that have not played. Um, you know, would Brazil add, add something there? Sure. But – Team just hasn't defended. They loaded up on offensive guys, and turns out there were some defensive deficiencies. So, I saw a stat on Twitter. I think it was Joey Dwyer that tweeted it. Um, said that it was the first time in program history that Vanderbilt won twice in a row at Bud Walton. Also, first time in program history winning three straight um, against Arkansas. So. History was made last night. Um, just quick question. Like, I, I can't wrap my head around it. Is there any other team, because I, I know it's not in the SEC, any other team where where the, the large, the overwhelming majority of the media picked one or two guys to be an all-SEC player? And I'm talking Davis and Brazil. Like, the overwhelming majority picked – one of them, all SEC. And we're at a point in late February where both are near unplayable, N like near detrimental to the team when they're on the court. I just can't wrap my head around it. The other thing I can't, can't wrap my head around is Layden Blocker's minutes. I mean, he'll go from three to 23 to three to 10 to six. I, I'm just at a loss. I have no answers. I don't know. And we're seeing the product of that on the court as Vandy goes into Bud Wallen and wins. I don't know. Uh, I think Eric Musselman's right there with you. 
just does not yeah. know. I, I, I'm trying to think of guys that that were like preseason All SEC and, and not anywhere near the discussion right now. Like Riley Kugel was a guy we thought might be Florida's best guy. We know the story there. Um, and this is a completely different scenario because both these guys are valuable. But I think Josiah Jordan James and Santiago Vescovi both got some preseason all SEC love here and there, and neither of them are going to make the postseason team. But I mean, they're both valuable parts of a, of a thriving team. So it's not, it's not the situation you described. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's nuts. And anything else? I got nothing else. I don't know what nothing else? For this game. I got nothing else to add on this one. I'm sorry. Um, I heard right. like furiously typing something. What well, you want me to tell you what I'm typing. So someone on Twitter, has tagged us, and oh. they have put up a video from yesterday's picks between Alabama and Arkansas. <laughs> Guys, we have found the culprit of the Southeastern 14 kiss of death, and let me see if I can pull this up here. Give me one second, and we're going to get to this. We have found the culprit of the person that is responsible for all the chaos that has happened this season with our picks, and are you ready for it? Are you ready to see the culprit here? Hold on. Let me make sure I got this pulled up. <laughs> stall. 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 Um, the culprit? Right. Yes. Hold on. You guys don't look. Don't look it up yet. Don't I'm look not looking up. at nothing. We found it. There it is. It's the ladybug. Oh, my God. Do you see this ladybug crawling on yours truly? That is the culprit <laughs> of the Southeastern 14. This thing has been with us all along. What it video is, right is that there. from? What's that from? It's from the Alabama. Um, it's from the prediction video we did on wh whichever. The game's for Wednesday night. <laughs> there it is. Oh we my. have found it. This thing. It is the curse of the ladybug. That is what's happening here. Do you see this? Next time oh. you see a ladybug, you let me know. Alabama fans, I'm going to tell you right now, you should be nervous because we have just figured out what has been going on here. The ladybug is the reason for the Southeastern 14 kiss of death. I'm looking around furiously right now. There's got to be one in here. It's the same one. So we found it. Ole Miss. Lock. Speaking of, let me, quickly, though, in all seriousness, you know when I knew that Kentucky was going to beat Mississippi State? When that number was at four in yep. favor of Mississippi State, I said, are you kidding me Oh, right wow. That got up to points? Four? Really? Wasn't it, Max? It was four, right? That's as high as it got. Yeah, it was It was four, Ooh. closed three and a half. But I saw that four also. And, and even though I took Mississippi State straight up in our picks, I put plus four on, on my Twitter. That, I mean, that line just was nuts. And then, the what's the hash. line here for Ole Miss? Isn't it five and a half? Is it five and a half? It's only five and a half. Mm. Oh boy, Alabama! <laughs> Look, out. <laughs> Look out! That's we'll all right. Tennessee fans will be here to reach out on Twitter it. to let me know that. Oh, I, they yeah, will never. I they will never forgive me if Bruce Pearl comes in there to TBA to Thompson Bowling Arena <laughs> at the Food City Center. And it's down to five. Oh, it's down to five. Yeah. Oh boy. 
can we retroactively can we edit the, the previous video and just i changed my pick to Ole miss i changed can it. i just Fish record Fish Ole miss and then max you just go in and edit it and just put Ole miss over <laughs> my pick i think that's what we should do wow um, man tennessee fans that were nervous too so big games tonight big games how about what that a, what a two three three what's how do you add? i don't know how to add Two, one, three. What's two plus one plus three? That would be six, Blake. Six, six. Three games combined. Are we really struggling with this? By combined six points on the the Tuesday slate. Uh, Wednesday slate, then, I mean, it could be just as good when you look at the games outside of Florida, Missouri. So, this could be the best midweek slate of the season. Great midweek. We're all done with the buys now. We finally have everybody. Yep. Ladybugs. They'll get you. What a what a time to be alive. We we got Kentucky going crazy. We got LSG very close game in sight. We got Jerry Stackhouse owning Eric Musselman. We got Rogue Insects. We got our man over here who can't do kindergarten math. We got a food fight coming tonight. The food fight, guys. That I'm tied up for the food fight. And when game of the night for me done, on Wednesday night, we will have a recap of all of it. Probably Thursday morning. We we could. There's always a chance we could go late Wednesday night. We'll see. But either way, we're going to recap all of it for you. Best way to get it: hit the subscribe button, enable your notifications. For Max Barblake Global, I'm Chris Lee. This is Southeastern 14 presented by Bet Online.